Welcome to Get Paid for Your Pad, the definitive show on Airbnb hosting, featuring the best advice on how to maximize profits from your Airbnb listing, as well as real-life experiences from Airbnb hosts all over the world. Welcome. We are your hosts, Joseva Kapadia and Jasper Rivers. Get paid for your pad. 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 Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Get Paid for Your Pad. Today, we have a guest on the show who was already on the podcast before, episode number 13, you may remember. Uh, her name is Kimberly Barker, and she is from Buffalo, New York. Kimberly, welcome back to the show. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure to talk with you again. Kimberly, today is an exciting day for you because you've just left the corporate world, I understand. Yes, I'm very excited. I'm very excited. It's been a a long journey to get where I want to be, but I'm finally here after um, continuing to keep my eye on the goal of my dreams. And um, it's, it's, uh, almost, it's a little bit surreal, but I'm finally here and I'm really excited to, uh, to see the next new chapter of my life unfold. Mm-hmm. Great. That's very exciting times. And can you uh, tell us a little bit about your background and how you got started with Airbnb hosting? Sure. So I um, am a writer and that is going to be my full-time occupation going forward. And I write in the morning um, when I get up and I spend a couple hours studying and writing before I went into the office. And I... um, was just kind of searching around the internet, just, you know, kind of spending some creative time in the morning and I bumped into Airbnb and I'm like, oh, that's really cool. I want to do that. So um, I thought about it for a while and then the first time I, I, I looked at it, I'm like, I don't know, it's in my house. And then about a year later, I'm like, you know what, I'm done. I'm, I'm, I'm going to do it. I think this is going to be a great opportunity. I want to meet some new people. I love to entertain. I love to have people in my house. I love new different cultures. So I just decided on um, a Saturday, I think it was, my girlfriend and I cleaned out a room in my house. I put the site up. I had my first booking that night. And it's been an amazing journey. Since then, it's been almost two years now. I've had two summers. This will be my second holiday season. Um, This past summer, I opened up a second bedroom. It's been wildly successful, and I have people in my house almost every day. Right. That's um, great. Yeah, it's, it's just super exciting. Now, um, you've already shared uh, most of your experiences in, in episode 13, but the reason that I wanted to invite Kimberly back to the show is because she recently had a very, very special experience and I would love for, for Kimberly to, to share it with our listeners. So Kimberly, tell us what, what happened. So um, it's got to be almost two months ago now. Um, I had a guest who sent me a message in the wee hours of the morning, like 2 o'clock, um, 
and my phone was right next to my bed and um, I'm a very light sleeper. So they had sent me the request for that day. Um, the next, you know, what would, what would be the next evening, but it was two o'clock in the morning and it would be six o'clock that evening. Um, he had no picture on his profile, which I typically do not. Um, I always ask people for a picture before I will even, um, <clears throat> accept their request. So he said he couldn't do it. He was in the airport. He was taking a red eye to Buffalo to see his girlfriend. So my intuition just said, accept the request. And I did. Mm -hmm. He came, he came that evening and, um, with barely anything, a backpack. And I said, you know, he was a young guy, like in 25, um, college student. And I said to him, is that all you have? He was going to be here for a couple of days. He's like, yeah, I'm only going to stay for a couple of days. I'm here to help my girlfriend. I said, is something wrong? And he said, well, she's sick. And I said, well, you know, I work in healthcare. I'm a healthcare executive. And I know a lot of people in this community and I could help you. He said, well, she's pregnant. I said, oh, okay. So she had gone to the, um, he explained to me that she had gone to the clinic at the university. They gave them a whole listing of doctors. I said, well, why don't you let me take a look at the listing? I'll let you know who would be the better people to go to. And, um, so he handed me a list of doctors that were all abortion doctors. And I said, Oh, well, I immediately said a quick prayer in my head. Um, as we all know, it's a sensitive subject for anybody. And, you know, he, he spoke English pretty well. Uh, he's from China. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And um, I just prayed that the, word, the right words would come to me to help him and his girlfriend. So I said, you know is this what you want? I explained to him in English what they had given him. And he said, no, I, I don't want that. And I said, well, you have a choice. Um, I just want you to know that I'd be happy to help talk this through with the two of you. And he just kind of looked at me and with very sad face. Um, and I said, okay, what do I do next? This is what I'm thinking in my head. And I'm like, food, great, food. Food always, <laughs> food solves everything. Chocolate, right? chocolate cookies. Yes, well, I didn't make cookies, but I said, I was having dinner at the time and I, I said, do you want to join me? And um, I'll get back to the cookies in a second because the cookies play a huge part in this as well. So <laughs> he, uh, I said, I'm making stir fry, which I never even, you know, put two and two together. Do you want to help me? He's like, great. So he chopped vegetables like no one's business and we cooked together and which gave me a great opportunity and a kind of a segue to start conversation with him about this very sensitive topic. Uh -huh. um, and as you can imagine, from a cultural perspective, being in China, um, it's, you know, I needed to make sure because from a cultural perspective, this is a topic that is to them abortion is a you know a um looked at differently than it is in the united states and i needed to be really sensitive and, and be um really sensitive to them so, so just, we, just uh, just to be clear kimberly uh, so that everyone understands um that your guest came from is originally from china but was living in the u.s 
He was in San Francisco at in school. Okay. Um, and, and his girlfriend I, lived in lives in Buffalo. His girlfriend is in a, a just. They both just entered school. Um, it was so. It must have been yeah. It's the month of August, so it's been a couple of months that they just started school. Um, she is in a doctoral program here at the University of Buffalo, and he was in a uh, university in San Francisco. They both had moved to their respective schools over the summer, and but are originally one's from North China, the other one's from South China. Okay. So that's the context. I mean, they hadn't that's been the in this country too long. Uh huh. All right. Cool. So, um, they had. I mean, they had just come to this country. So, um, so that said, he went to get his girlfriend from school that night. They came. He brought her back. We started having some discussions about this, and I said, you know, I just let them talk to me and let them. I just really said, you know what, you have some choices. Here are your choices. Um, and, but certainly it's up to you, but understand that this is a decision that you will, whatever you decide will impact your life for the rest of your lives together, whether you're together or not. Um, but just be okay with your decision and certainly talk to your parents before you make any decisions. So it was, you know, the next couple of days were tricky. I actually had talked to them about, they had some medical concerns. Mm -hmm. Um, and the good news is, is I have a ton of access to a ton of doctors and, and nurses. So I, had, I talked to some medical people about their concerns, um, relayed that back to them. Um, and so we talked through this in the next couple of days, I was able to make an appointment with them for a doctor who could sit down and explain choices to them on the following Monday. Mm -hmm. So his two day stay turned into at this point a week. And the girl That's, was also staying with you or just him? Uh, he asked me if she could stay, um, that night. And I said, absolutely. You can stay with him. And, um, so they ended up, the two of them ended up staying with me Okay. and, um, that Sunday before the Monday medical visit, she ended up, you know, I usually make breakfast for my guests on Sundays. It's a great opportunity for us to get to know one another and, um, just to really have a nice, um, time eating really good, healthy food and getting to know one another. And so we were having breakfast. She was still sleeping. She came out of the room and she said she didn't feel well that she was having some problems and I said, you need to go to the ER right away. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I'm immediately, I'm thinking that something's wrong with the baby. So, um, she said she didn't want to go. She didn't, she needed some sleep. She decides to go to sleep. She wakes up another half hour. They end up going to the ER that day. Um, they were in there for hours and hours and I ended up talking this through with them over texting and, um, it turns out that um, it was an ectopic pregnancy situation, which is basically the baby is in the tube and it's not good for the mother from a mm -hmm. life perspective. So I talked with them when they came home and I said, you know, sometimes God just makes decisions for us and this will be okay and you will get through this and we will, you know, you want to talk to me, you can talk to me, but you need to call your parents and just have some together time and know that this will all be okay. 
So they stayed with me for a couple more days. Um, the hospital had given her some injections. <clears throat> a couple more days went by. The injections weren't working. They went back for a second one. Um, it turns out that he had to stay in school for a certain number of days because there's with their country there's some visa limitations and um, with staying in this country etc so it ended up that I woke up one day he was gone he had to take a red eye back to California to finish out that classwork or he would have been sent back to school or to China excuse me right so that day I said to her I think this is your follow-up appointment right and she said yes I said well I'm taking you because, the, the, you know, I kept an eye on her medically during this time that they were with me. And now we're probably in week three of their stay. So what, turned, what was originally a couple days has turned into three weeks at wow. this juncture. And you didn't have to cancel any other reservations? Pardon me? You didn't have any other reservations coming up? I did um, during this time. And it turned out that I was, you know, I had opened up a second room um before they had come here so i was able to accommodate all my other guests okay. at the same time so i was able to take care of them and them the additional guests and them and you know it just kind of the universe just kind of worked it out that i was able to handle this with them at the same time so um the the day he went back to san francisco to finish out his schooling, she went back for her follow-up appointment. You know, um, I told her, you know, call me, let me know how it goes. Um, because she said that she had been feeling funny during the last couple days, but didn't express any pain. Um, and so I just kind of kept an eye on her. So I didn't hear from her that day. I was working downtown. She texted me. Well, she actually called me. And she said, Kim, something's wrong. They're going to send me in down to the ER. They send her to the ER. I said, okay, call me. I'm getting ready to leave work. She called me. She said they want to do emergency surgery. Oh, my God. And she said, can you come? I said, absolutely. I was just, there was one last street before I got on the highway to come home. I turned around. I was there in less than 10 minutes. Um, got into the ER, got to see her. The physician came in the room. I said, tell me what's happening. She's going to have to have emergency surgery. So I said, okay, let me explain this to her. She, um, she spoke pretty, pretty good English, but she had never had surgery before. She's in a different country. It's a totally different medical system than in China. Mm -hmm. So I said to her, have you ever had anesthesia? No. I tried to explain to her, it's like having 10 drinks when you wake up. <laughs> That's all I could come up with, right, Jasper? I'm like, oh, how do I explain this to her? So um, I didn't want her to be frightened when she woke up and that she couldn't, like, you know, be totally aware. Um, and I had to explain to her that um, she was, she was going to lose one of her, one of her tubes and that... Um, it would no longer function. Um, that was a really hard discussion for me to have with her yeah, because I, um, she looked at me and it, with tears in her eyes and said, please don't let them do that, Kim. And I said, 
it's to save your life. They have to save your life and you will be able to have plenty of babies with one, mm -hmm. but we need to save your life. And, um, she looked at me and I looked at her. We looked at each other in each other's eyes. And I said this, you need to do this. So the doctor says, and, and who are you anyway? And I said, it's a really long story. <laughs> I said, I'm the closest thing she has to family here in the U.S., right? So I said, please just let me help her understand everything. So the doctor said, okay. And I said to her, you need to tell the doctor, you can talk to me, that I, she can share this stuff with me because in this country, you know, there's all these privacy laws, mm -hmm. right? So she did. And, um, you know, I helped talk her through this. And then the doctor said, okay, and, you know, we're going to be ready in about an hour. So she's so sweet. She goes, Kim, you need to go home and feed your cats. You haven't had dinner. I go, forget that. They'll survive and I will survive. I'm staying here with you. And um, she had a number of her Chinese friends who had come to be with her. So I had to try and they could not speak very good English at all. So I had to try as best I could to explain to them what was happening. Um, and then she interpreted to them so that they could understand and so they went and had dinner and I stayed with her and she asked me, she was, she asked me about what was going to happen, um, during the surgery, some very intimate questions about what would happen because she was uh, scared. Yeah. And I, I tried to explain to her best I could, um, that it would be okay. And, um, even though she was sleeping, everything would be okay. Um, because she was frightened about what would happen when she couldn't, she wasn't aware, right? Mm -hmm. She thought, it, you know, that surgery would be like when people die and they lose all their faculties. She thought that was what's going to happen. <laughs> and I said, no, honey, that's not going to happen here. So I went to the OR upstairs with her. The OR nurses were like, okay, you know, who are you? Why are you with her? <laughs> I said, again, a long story. <laughs> I said, I'm the closest thing to family she has. Um, she wanted to keep her contacts in. She was thinking that she could see the OR and the whole thing. I, I said to the nurses, I said, she needs to take her contacts out. She, you know, they're still in blah, 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 blah. So she went into the OR. I was like trying to keep it together because I was near tears because this is where this hospital is where I started my healthcare executive career. And I was in, when I was close to her age, I was in the same situation medically similar to what she is as far as losing one of her reproductive parts. And it, it was just so, uh, the irony and the, how it struck home to me was just, um, you just have to know that there's a bigger force in the universe that brings people together for reasons unknown to us. Um, I just knew at that point that we were meant to be together and I was meant to deliver this message to her and I was meant to be there to hold her hand and help her through this. Knowing I was her age in experiencing the same thing. So um, I waited and waited until the surgery was over and her friends were there and they came back and then the doctor came out and said, 
looks at all of her Asian friends and says, Miss Barker? <laughs> um, that would be me over here in the corner. <laughs> he goes, and you are? <laughs> I said, again, a long story. <laughs> so he said, um, I have to tell you, it's a really good thing that she's here because she was bleeding Everything ruptured. She was bleeding in her stomach. She could have lost her life. Wow. And, you know, at that time, I'm just like, you know what? You can't even tell me that, the, that God doesn't work in the most mysterious ways ever. So I said, you know, let me see her before any of her friends do. And so I walked down the hallway, and she didn't even see me. She heard me. And in this very small, petite voice that she has, she said, Kim, I'm so happy you stay with me. And of course, now I want to burst into tears. And I knew that I had, you know, if I mean, I never thought about leaving her to begin with. But if, you know, it was just such a confirmation of I had done the right thing. And um, so I, I eventually got to her and She's like wrapped like this beautiful China doll with all these blankets. And um, at that point, when I looked at her, I just then knew what it was like to be a mom. Because I, unfortunately, I have never had the opportunity to be a mom. Because it's a similar situation that happened to me when I was her age. And it was just such a heartfelt moment for me and for her. And she had told me this story during the week about a woman who, it's a Chinese myth about a woman who got stuck in the moon. And it's this Chinese myth and it's a beautiful myth about um, these nine brothers. And so the only thing I could come up with to talk to her about to start the conversation was in the moon at that point in the night, because I had walked outside while I was waiting for her. And um, I said, Luna, the moon is beautiful. And I saw the woman stuck in the moon today and it made her smile through all this anesthesia. And she starts talking to me about the story. And this nurse is looking at the two of us. So I, I, I gave her a kiss and she looked at me and um, she said, you need to go home and feed the cats. You've been here so long. I said, I'm not going anywhere until I know you're safely in a room and you're okay. So, um, we got her up in a room, and um, and I stayed with her until I knew, you know, she was going to be okay. And two of her friends stayed with her, and I said, "I will pick you up tomorrow, and you will come back to my house, and you will recover at my house." And so, sure enough, I picked her up around noon the next day, um, and helped her with some things. And in the meantime, her professor in the in the doctoral program was threatening to dismiss her from the program because of her attendance and I told her I said there is no way that's going to happen I will go to that school I will do whatever it takes don't you worry and um so I was able to get the nurse to write an excuse for her for an extended recovery time um and she's like, Kim, thank you so much, because I knew she was in no shape to go back to school in the next couple of days. Even though the doctor said she was, I just knew it wasn't. And so I had talked to the nurse, and I said, you need to write her a note for the next two weeks. She's not going to be in any shape. So 
I brought her home with me and I, all this time I was continuing the texting conversation with her boyfriend, letting him know how she was doing. And then um, when I brought her home, um, he flew back from California that next day on a red eye. And together, the three of us, you know, just focused on her recovery. And um, she did really well. I mean, about, about a week later, she was good to go. And I knew the two of them wanted to stay with me until the semester ended. But I also knew that it, they needed to start their life together because he made a decision. He had finished his coursework in San Francisco and made a decision to stay to finish out her term here in Buffalo. So um, they found an apartment and I knew that was the right thing to do is let them start their life together. And so they made dinner for me the day um, they were going to leave and she was crying. I was crying. He was in the, you know, I'm in the kitchen. She's in the bedroom getting her stuff together, crying. They had made a beautiful dinner for me, all of Chinese food. And she told me that they would name their first child after me, which killed me, made me cry even more. <laughs> um, so we have, um, so they went on to their apartment and we have seen each other many times since then. And, and they're doing very well and she's fully recovered. And we carved pumpkins last week, Sunday together because they want to experience all the American holidays. And we roasted pumpkin seeds. And then um, one of my other guests, who is a repeat guest, her daughter goes to the university here as well as a grad student. She, her daughter and her boyfriend and joined us. And everybody brought some food. And uh, we carved pumpkins together and had a great time. And so they are so much a part of my life now. Um, a story with a very happy ending. Wow, I'm, uh, I'm speechless, uh, to be honest. What, uh, what an incredible story. It's, uh, Airbnb has no idea what they have brought into people's lives, right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, uh, I, I want to say a few things. First of all, this is obviously a really challenging situation uh, for you as a host and also a very unfortunate one for, for your guests. Um, I want to say, I think you handled it in a really incredible way. Thank you. And I'm really happy that uh, that you were willing to share this story because, you know, one of the things about Airbnb, it's, it's about connecting people. And by enabling people to connect, friendships are formed and sometimes lives are changed. And that's, that's how you feel right now about, about your life. Meeting this person means a lot, I can tell. Oh, they are, they're such a huge part of my heart. And if there was ever any um, doubt that I was not doing the right thing by doing Airbnb, it certainly was a confirmation. And, you know, when um, I recently, over the last couple of months, um, you know, I have a new, I had a new boss at work, and he was not a leader that I would ever emulate um, and was really giving me a hard time and you know I I found myself in it in a situation where um, 
I didn't have as flexible a schedule to meet my guests and because of some things that he had put in place and my mom and I had a conversation. She said, well, you know, you're going to have to like give up your Airbnb stuff. And I said, nope, that's not the answer. <laughs> I'm going to have to give up my corporate job because I'm meant to do this in my life right now. And I'm meant to be a writer and um, motivate people to help change their lives. And that was a deciding factor. And um, I knew with those Chinese people in my life that that was the right decision. Um, and I've, I don't look back. I know it was the right thing to do. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's incredible. Um, you, you basically helped save a, a life from somebody that you never met before. And I can, I can imagine it was a, it must have been a very emotional time and it's a, it's a sad, but also a very beautiful story. And, um, it's, uh, it's just incredible. And thank you so much for, for sharing this. Uh, I can tell even when you're, when you're telling the story, it still, uh, it still affects you emotionally. So yes. I really, uh, I really appreciate, uh, the fact that you were uh, willing to share this with uh, with our listeners. Um, before we wrap up, is, is there anything else you wanted to add to the story? No, I guess, you know, I guess the message here is, you know, strangers unaware, right? And gifts that, and we need as people to open our hearts to others because you never know how much they're going to bless your life. And I guess that's, to me, that's the message of this whole thing. I think those are great words to end this episode with. Um, Kimberly, again, thank you so much for, for sharing this story. It's really, really amazing. And you know, I really respect how you, how you handled the situation. And I think it's, uh, it's amazing how you, how you took care of, uh, of, your, of your guests. So with that... We have reached the end of this episode. If you do want to find out more about Airbnb hosting, as always, you can listen to this podcast on Monday and Thursday. And if you want to have more information about our book, Get Paid for Your Pad, you can find it on Amazon. And you can also download the first three chapters for free on getpaidforyourpad.com. Kimberly, thanks again, and hopefully we'll we'll have you back on the show another time. Oh, thanks so much, Jasper. I look forward to seeing you uh, this month in San Francisco. Absolutely. The Airbnb open. Yes, I'm excited about it. Great. Well, uh, right. I'm looking forward to seeing you there, and um, enjoy your day. I will. Have a great day. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. Get paid for your pet. Get paid for your pet. Get paid for your pet.